You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do it live! Fucking thing sucks! I have nothing to do with Russia, folks, okay? The mother of all bombs. You You people are cancer! He's a crisis actor. Oh, look at my African-American over here. Another deadly day on the Gaza border. My God, the bitch was wide! John Podesta rigged the poll. Charcoal girls are not allowed here. What's next? Requiring a license to make toast in your own damn toaster? Hell no. You gotta see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. You would be much happier at home with a husband. Spend 400 years? That sounds like a choice. Fucking like children, America! I want to build a wall. Are you African American? I don't know what you're implying. And what is a leper? Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I think the way! This is the worst possible timeline with Eric Wilson and Patrick Kindlin. Yeah, we're, we're addicted to the um, metaphor pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, we need it. The only thing that they're offering us right now is uh is like uh nihilism pills or like super aggressive pills. I'm not seeing any super aggression out there. So I, I looked at Twitter and I was like, "Oh, everybody's cucked out. How nice." <laughs> You're seeing cucked out pills? Yeah, I don't see anybody. Today the last two days felt chill. I didn't see a single person uh get bullied into into suicide at all. Mm. But what, well, no, I haven't seen much of that, but what's going on in Philly? Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Oh, uh, who cares? <laughs> Listen, here, here's what's going on is uh, news media decided that riots aren't exciting enough and or they're trying to, I don't know, I, I, I don't really understand who are they caping for, who are they holding water for, because it, it uh, doesn't make any sense that it, uh, maybe the appetite, the national appetite for uh, riot coverage is just low because I, I don't see any coverage of it at all. Like, I'm sure, I listen, everybody. I know that there's some out there. This is the worst possible timeline, by the way. I'm Patrick. I'm Eric. Uh, th- th- there's, there's some, obviously. Uh, whenever somebody says, oh, I don't see this getting covered, it's possible that they're a boob that just lives in an echo chamber. It's also possible that they're not being literal. They know it exists, so obviously got covered by somebody. But it is, uh, I'm not seeing a ton on it. No, but well, like, the, well, there's two things, right? There's, there's uh, you know, I think when people on Twitter say they don't see it being covered, they mean by 
mainstream media outlets. Although yeah, I think Twitter is a mainstream media outlet now. Yeah, like, like, listen, where does a 19-year-old, do you even know what channel CNN is? Probably not. Like a 19-year-old doesn't know what a TV is. Yeah, that's a fact. You know? that's So, so I think when people consider Twitter at this point, you have to consider it as a, uh, I, it, it's, it's, it's the same to me as CNN. It's the same as, it is a news outlet. Oh, don't say that. Mr. Jack Dorsey is already, uh, waffling on that fact. Uh, it, they either need to accept that and take ownership of it uh, and open themselves up to liability, like I keep saying, uh, or, or rather litigation, uh, or uh, they need to just let it be the uh, gunfight that it was for a few years, one or the other. Uh, but you, you can't half step and just sort of intervene uh, w- when it suits you because that's the number one way to open yourself up to litigation is to have different rules for for different groups. Then you, you better you better be ready to spend those millions on your legal defense because we're coming for you, Twitter. No, <laughs> no one's coming for anybody. I think that's that's the lesson that everyone should learn. Well, did you? Oh my God, the, the so am I incorrect? Amy Coney Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant, Amy Emil, Amy, Amy Leany Riefenstahl, yeah, Amel. Nitrate, Kobe Bryant, Amos is, Amos Andy Kingfish, there is now uh, a Supreme Court judge. Is that a fact? She's in. Okay, so has the United States been burnt to the ground? Mm, not so far as I can tell. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends where you look. Certainly, parts of it, I guess. Do you recall the blue checkmark crowd insisting that? If she gets confirmed, or if they even attempt to confirm her, we're gonna burn it all down. I I don't remember that, but I've seen people revive those tweets, and they're really funny. They're so funny, man. It, it, when you are uh, chugging cuck pills, you you are <laughs> you open yourself up to these weird moments. I mean, ultimately, nobody cares, right? Like the guy that who who's our man that keeps saying it's only three p.m. Oh, the Palmer report. Right. So that guy's been wrong every day for four years and nobody seems to care. He, he, I bet his followers go up. <laughs> you know he, like confirmed. He, he voted for Trump, right? There's no doubt. Oh, listen, he has no identity without Trump. A lot of people are not going to have any identity without Trump. This is a, uh, uh, you'll notice that the last time no effects was relevant was during the Bush presidency. Uh, everybody's going to be no effects at the end of this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're going to have nothing. Well, well, NoFX didn't even have much of a resurgence, which is sad. You know, oh, oh, there's been, I mean, people, the only thing going on right now is podcasts. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There's no culture otherwise. And everybody, if you, think that, if you think that because you're listening to a podcast, that that means that I think that this is a good turn uh, because uh, I can buy a bunch of OnlyFans with, uh, with your resources. Uh, no. I actually, I was listening to music today and I was like, oh yes, music. How nice. You know? Yeah. Because everything has just become people talking at each other. I, I, you know what, Eric, let's kill each other. (laughs) I mean, that's inevitable once we move in. Let's put a gun, I'm going to put the barrel of my gun in your mouth. You put the barrel of your gun in my mouth, not a metaphor, not penises. And we're going to count, we're going to count to three and we're going to shoot each other in the head. 
We're going to be the next, um, co- collectively, us combined, we're the next, uh, fuck, who's that? Who's the, the Hispanic comedian that killed himself? Roy Montano. No, no, no. Who's the guy? He has a son who's the junior. Freddie Prinz. Freddie Prinz. Freddie Prinz. Uh, yeah, he he definitely killed himself. I don't recall how he did it. A gun in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? The guy who was dynamite on uh, Good Times. He bought the gun for him or something. No shit, really. Something like that. I forget. Would you feel guilt if you purchased me the gun that, like as a gift that I used then uh, to to fire into my own chest three times? <laughs> um, and not because I'm fast, but because I shoot myself in the chest, it doesn't get it done. And I go, God damn it. And then I shoot myself again. And I'm like, this is taking forever. And then I shoot myself a third time. Do you feel guilt? I might feel some guilt, but I don't think you would want me to feel guilt. So I think that's what would help me sleep at night. No, I want you to be the tobacco executive of my death. <laughs> Hold on. ASMR, I'm eating carrots in bed. Woof. How is so wait, so people that don't listen to the Patreon, although we didn't even upload the Patreon episode yet. Oh wait, it's in the is it in the drive now? It is. It's all fucked up. Okay, yeah, it's a really fucked up. It's a fucked up episode, not in the sense of not not in the sense that it's morbid, but in the sense that like the audio file is like literally fucked up. But I guess people will probably have access to that before this episode drops. Uh, who donate to the Patreon, patreon.com is the worst possible timeline. Um, we revealed on there that uh, perhaps you have COVID again. Yeah, um, I basically I think I've been just living in a perpetual state of COVID. Mm, haven't we all? since March. And, uh, they now say that if you get it, your brain, uh, ages. <laughs> what, what is that? Was, I don't know what that one means. So for anybody that read the article, there, an article came out two days ago that said, uh, many patients, uh, studies indicate that many patients who have survived COVID have experienced brain aging. Which means that your cognitive delays, your functions, not delays, I, it, cognitive delay, I think is like you, TBI and shit like that, but whatever the fuck they're talking about, smart, smart, smart shit, whatever, uh, they're saying that your your brain can be aged by 10 years. And Jeez. But then, it, so these are the tweets. Those are the dramatic tweets. Then there's a third tweet. Also, these scientists say, no, that's not true. Read oh. the whole article here. So you said a whole bunch of fucking nothing. Shut the fuck up. Nobody, if, listen, if everybody was getting slower after COVID, I, I'm just going to become John Joseph now. For people that don't know who John Joseph is, he's a singer for the Cro-Mags. Uh, he's a, a fitness guy, uh, a bit of a grifter, a bit of a loon, a big personality. Some people hate him. I like him. Uh he is biking around. He bikes around New York and disproves COVID. And th- like in one of those weird bike outfits that would have gotten him called gay even seven years ago. Mm. Uh, and the weird sunglasses. I, I don't understand anything about cycling. Well, like you, know, you can't just wear shorts. Well, you got to be that aerodynamic. You know what I mean? But anyway, fucking point is he is, I'm him now. I'm him. When we said the COVID toes pretty much had me out, but by the time that we got to COVID brain, show me somebody with COVID brain and don't show me a little, I want to talk to somebody with COVID brain and see if they seem older to me, if they seem like they're, they're slower in some way. And when I do, uh, maybe I'll, maybe that'll be me putting my finger into 
uh, uh, the spear wound to Jesus and, and doubting Thomas no more. I understand the gravity of what I speak, but I doubt it. I think I'm going to say, yeah, this person was always stupid. What are we doing? Stop this nonsense. Stop this. Like what are, what else are we going to tack on to COVID? We got COVID toes, COVID brain, popcorn lung. What, what, what are we doing here? Stop, stop. Uh, COVID peen. COVID peen. And then there's these new studies that are coming out that are saying, oh, it's going to be a really bad flu season. Look out against the current numbers, which say flu has gone down by 98% in some countries during COVID. So what does that mean? Does that mean that literally nobody needed to be medical <laughs> to uh, seek medical treatment for a flu during that time? Does that mean that people were just going to the hospital for no fucking reason in the past? Possibly. Does it mean that eh, maybe there's some, maybe there's some weird number fudging going on here. Maybe there's, some, maybe there's some, a little bit of dishonesty, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's where my brain, my brain immediately goes to if, if it, if it flu went down 98%, then or were, were they just miscategorizing COVID related illness to, or rather would they miscategorizing flu illnesses to COVID illnesses? What if the flu? What if the COVID was a super apex predator and could and killed the flu? Yeah, maybe that could be. Dude, I've I've given I gave up a long time ago trying to understand any of this shit. It's all misinformation to me. It all seems to prove itself wrong. You know, within whatever information comes out one day proves itself wrong within a matter of weeks, or you know they retract it or they go back, or and then they go back again. It's like who even? It's like almost i know the scientific process is you know goes through trial and error and things that you find out may i i understand how how that shit works but like when you when you put this grave amount of importance on the thing and you treat every info drop as if it's the 10 commandments um as if it's it was it was handed to you from high rothgar you know by by a beam of light you end up looking like the palmer report Exactly. Precisely. So, so I've given up trying to understand it. I assume, you know, maybe one day we'll get it, but I, I don't think I, for somehow we still don't get it. Or if we do get it, I don't know what the official word on it is. However, I think a very salient point, um, I think the most important point at this stage in October, uh, you know, October 30th, 2020, is the fact that though the increase in cases seems to be trending upward once again the deaths are down remarkably so is that yeah. true yes that is true now here th there's different models that are going out in, in different studies but here's what i think is interesting is the people that are pushing back against that particular data point the uh c i a cir maybe covid infection rate versus the COVID fatality rate, the, 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 the people that are pushing back against that as being a valid uh, uh, metric of some type are saying, no, that's because there's, there's so much more testing now. But to me, and we got some statisticians in our, in our listenership, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't, isn't that positive? Doesn't that still illustrate the point that this thing is much less deadly than anticipated? If we're, if we're, finding out that a trillion more people have this virus because we're testing a trillion more people and the death rate or, or the uh, fatality rate rather is staying constant. 
wouldn't that mean that this thing is far less dangerous than we thought? Isn't yes. that a takeaway or am I confused? I'm open to the idea that I'm confused, but it seems that when I examined people having this discussion back and forth pretty reasonably, to be honest, uh, the, the argument that, oh no, that just means more testing still, still speaks to a weaker virus. That's the only takeaway that I can pull from it. So again, write us if I'm fucking wrong. But well, well, I guess it's not so much that the virus is necessarily quote unquote weaker. It's still, I mean, the, the, the death toll, the death tally is still, is what it is. And the people that have been, you know, gravely harmed by it, you know, are real, presumably, unless you're Alex Jones. Um, but I, but no, but you're right. It would mean that yeah, if there is more testing, then that means that what the tests are doing are highlighting the fact that more people have it than we previously understood. Um, that would, yeah, that would mean that the infection rate is higher and the death rate is lower. So yeah, it would, it would affect the, the, the risk involved when it comes to getting the disease, which, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I think it's, I, but I think it's two things. Like we do understand how to treat it better now than we did in the beginning. Like I, obviously there aren't like real, there are some drugs that kind of work, I guess. I don't, again, I don't fucking know. It's all, it's all such weird misinformation to me, but you know, there's, uh, you know, I think it's two things, right? There's more testing and we, and we do know how to treat it better than we did, which is why less people maybe are dying now. So look to me, the, the, the plot has been lost. The threat has been lost. You know, the lockdowns were to prevent, uh, overflow of the hospitals. We have flattened the curve. Remember flatten the curve. Remember that term? We've yeah. done that decidedly so in many places. And yet we still remain in a stupid fucking limbo of non, not lockdown, but not really open type thing. We've, we're in this like quasi realm and it's exhausting and stupid and I'm beyond fed up with it. And I don't know how everyone else is, isn't. Uh, there's, I think there's a couple people that are still, uh, getting their, getting their grift, you know, getting their little clout nut off on this. And, uh, I think that they're going to hang on for dear life. But yeah, I mean, I, if you're like a thinking person, even if you're relatively scared of COVID, I, I still think that you have to be at the, at the tipping point now where you go, yeah, listen, I can be afraid of this and take this very seriously without being a total fucking boob. And I think that it's it's, everybody, they're trying to make a boob out of you. That's it. Don't be a boob. I just, I just don't understand how, you know, the, the, the conversation of lockdowns or the, the notion of lockdowns or where we are about locking down. I don't know how that didn't go completely and utterly out the window when the people in the science community, the, 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 the science, the, the scientists themselves, whose word is holy law, un, unquestionable, uh, when they said, yeah, lockdowns aren't a great idea. Why well, aren't we, why aren't we taking that advice? Why are we taking all hear, the other advice? You want to hear an interesting, uh, piece of information that a friend of the podcast, uh, wrote us. Uh, she knows somebody that, 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 uh, is an epidemiologist who is, desperately trying to leave the field because it's so wrought with fraud. This is not a political person. This is not a person that's like, you know, has some bias that is forcing their uh, cognitive, uh, you know, leaning here. It's, 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 they just said, I'm, 
I'm sick of this shit. I feel weird being in a business where the way that we collect data is meant to to generate an outcome that we had ahead of time that we've determined ahead of time. Uh, which, yeah, I can understand. <laughs> like that would frustrate me too. Uh, and respect to anybody that leaves a thing that they worked for very hard because it's not right. I, I think that that's like, like, look, I don't know a thing about epidemiology. I, I couldn't say the word three months ago, but uh, if some shit is like bunk, it's, you know, it sucks to have to walk away from something you worked for, but better than being a fool, go get it to go, you know, uh, open a jacuzzi outlet in uh, Apache Junction. You know what I mean? Do anything else. Dog grooming. Dog grooming. Oh, big business. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it, it's still, it's still like a social faux pas. It's still like a sort of, right. It, it's still, it's still a sort of a social faux pas to be like, yeah, lockdowns I think are stupid and we should stop at this point. Right. I think if you, if I were to tweet yeah, that, could, you would get could, yelled it, at. Right. But in private conversation, sort of. everyone would be like word. Yeah. Oh, listen, you don't talk to a single person in real life who thinks that blanket lockdown, like who thinks the idea in like just a no details needed <laughs> lockdown is reasonable or, or a thing that we need to replicate now, whatever. But you do run into it in the blue checkmark fraud sphere of, of places like Twitter. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I maybe everyone's too afraid, right? Like too afraid to, to, to speak against it at this point because they, they, they rode for it so hard and I, I don't know. I mean, I still feel weird about it. Like, I still feel weird being like, this is fucking this, stupid. This is not an original idea in any, literally any way. But uh, I had to write a science fiction story, uh, and it was about, <laughs> it was about uh, people who don't communicate with words anymore. They, they, uh, j- they just basically have kind of screens over their head, you know? And because we can see each other's thoughts at all times, everybody thinks the right things and then it, when you f- when you find them by themselves staring into a corner their thoughts are all of rape and murder because they have to spend all day thinking nothing but right thoughts you know it's just a very simple science fiction idea that but sure. it's that morbid look into somebody where hold on is, is somebody doing construction outside of my fucking house <laughs> um just that morbid idea that like once once you're with yourself once you are uh, alone in this that uh, you allow all the thoughts uh, that you are not permitted to say at any point during your day eric i, I was really uh, it's only for your benefit that i don't get on here and say r f n all of right. them because right. i'm really fucking done I think that the whole thing is a fraud. I think that there's no real benefit uh, to this weird policing of language that we've done. I think it's gone the opposite way to the point that I don't trust. I literally don't trust anybody because everybody like, look, when a, uh, when a good guy, and I don't mean quotation, good guy, I mean like a good, a good person and a repo present exactly the same because you've put them into these narrow lanes where they basically everybody has to be a sociopath to get through their day, then I have no incentive to trust anybody or take anybody on face value. I distrust everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. so with that in mind, it's like, I, I really think that we're going to have to go the other way where people are just like, mm, FRN, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've, I've had enough. 
Hold on. What is this? I'm, I'm going to see what this is. Is Feel free to vamp. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a really deeply cynical place that we've arrived in, like, not just, like, our physical reality, but, like, our own mental states that like every, every, like these 2020 and the last five years has just been such a deeply cynical existence and it sucks man and I, I think people feel that you know in their minds and on their souls like in different ways i think it's it, it's very heavy for some people and i think a lot of these people want to do right and that's what makes them fall into like, quote unquote, like right think or, or, or right speech, you know, on Twitter or whatever. I don't mean right wing. I mean like correct, you know, and, um, I don't know. I just think it's a really confusing time to be alive and I think it sucks ass, but, um, there may, the that, that, that was a, a FedEx truck that was run on steam. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking loudest truck I've ever encountered in my life. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, I agree with everything you're saying. So, uh, all, 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 just imagine me saying all those words I'm not supposed to say everybody. And when it comes up like, Oh, is Patrick one of those bad dudes that says all those bad words? Just say, well, technically he never has because he doesn't want to get Eric in trouble, but he thinks them all the time. I'm fine with that. Just say that. That's fine. I mean, who doesn't think bad things? I mean, our minds are like the last refuge of honesty. It's, it's the last place we can be honest with ourselves. It's the, thank yes. God no one can read our thoughts. What's the what's the X song? I I will not think bad thoughts. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, go on. Do we want to go? Th- do we? Do, do you got a list, or you want to go through? I have a limited list today. Well, I just want to point out we can go through the list, but I mean, and you know, we just started the podcast, so we have plenty of time. But I just want to point out that this is the last episode until we maybe have a new president, or maybe it's the same guy. So maybe we should give our final thoughts on that. I mean, we we said for a while that like. In the lead up of this last two-ish years or so, we've always said that, look, you can't predict what's going to happen. You know, elections usually are influenced by what happens in the last two weeks. So you never know. So we're in the last, we're in the like real last home stretch. So I think maybe we should, people maybe want to hear our, uh, we'll do our Jerry Springer, our, our final thought on uh, on the election. Okay. Uh, Jill Stein by a landslide. Uh <laughs> I, I was talking to a friend last night who voted for uh, how do how do you say the the libertarian candidate's name? Are they Joe Jorgensen? That sounds right. I just say Vermin Supreme. Jo, they voted for the libertarian candidate and they didn't realize that they were a woman. That's sick. And then they wanted their vote back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They said I don't. They said I don't want her hand on the on the nuke button. You know, she's too periody. Right. <laughs> that was the thing people said. Um, yeah, look, I, as far as predictions go, I think anyone like don't. I don't know, man, it could go. It could really just go either way. Um, I don't 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 trust the polls because they're going to be very wrong, especially when it comes to like the Midwest and shit. I think Michigan is going to go for Trump. Uh, I couldn't say. I listen. I've given up on any of the analysis. The October surprise uh, stuff is beyond pathetic to me. Uh, they're trying to nail Melania. They're trying to nail Hunter Biden. Uh, look, everybody. They tried to roll out a rape allegation against Biden a month and a half ago, two months ago, and it didn't work. If you think that 
Joe Biden's son having a crack problem and being a bit of a fucking corrupt grifter like everybody else in fucking uh, that sphere is going to do it? You're deeply confused. Nobody gives a goddamn. Likewise, if it turns out that Melania uh, has a bit of a, a bit of a foul temper and also was a hooker, no, likewise, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Your October well, surprises are lame as shit. Give well, us something that- juicy. There is some, I mean, there, there are people who will argue that the, the October surprise last time with the, with the Comey Hillary bullshit. That's, it, it was none of that. It was honestly that Clinton uh, ignored states that she should have gone to. And I don't even think that matters. People, people put it on that. People are like, oh, she gave up on campaigning in these battleground states and blah, blah, blah. I, listen, I, I, there's people that say that. And I just echoed it because uh, smart people say it. I don't actually believe that in my heart. I believe that she was a profoundly unlikable person. And yeah. also, and also people didn't have the experience that they have now. So people wanted an outsider. Yeah. People wanted an outsider candidate. They thought that Clinton represented all of the fucking business as usual shit with a terrible public facing personality, just terrible. Yeah. So they chose this, the finger in your eye. They chose the guy that said, fuck you as a fuck you. Now, many people regret that decision. Also, many people still get off on it. That's what we're going to find out. It's got I, it's a truly like all of the analysis that people just continuously repeat about what could have gone different to 2016. Here's the bottom line. Candidate sucked. End of story. People didn't have the experience that they have now. Biden sucks as a candidate, but people didn't have the experience that they have now, which is I'm fucking spent. I want to get back to back to uh, regular life where my name. I don't think that my neighbor is a, a partisan or a sectarian of uh, fucking Antifa or the Proud Boys. Uh, I am not concerned about a race war. People want to get back to that. So uh, it, it is what it is. I believe Biden is going to win, uh, but uh, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm. I'm not going to lose an ounce of sleep if Trump wins because in my head. Uh, might, he could have, you know, like it's it's not like an impossibility to me. It's it's not an impossibility, and I just want to expand on on. I agree with everything you said about about the 2016 election, but also I, I see a lot of narrative from smart people that um, you know, oh, like you know, these people, the poor whites who have been struggling, you know, for years, like they had no other choice but to vote for Trump because he talked about jobs. I don't even think it was that. I think literally these people were comfortable enough to 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 vote for Trump. I think it was the opposite. I don't, I don't think they, I don't think it was a matter of no recourse. I think it was a matter of this Hillary bitch sucks. I'm going to go with this guy. Yeah. And uh, so that's the part that I find really interesting is, uh, were we so soft in 2016 that we thought we could take a risk? Like, is that part of the thing here? Is it, is, is it part of like, Hey, there's no real, gravity unless you're in uh, a Yemeni uh, uh, 17 year old uh, is, is there really no gravity to uh, who I vote for who's in power it's been the same shit for X amount of years uh, does it matter and now we've determined or some people have determined yes it does matter other people have determined eh, <laughs> I'm still doing fine so it I don't know though you know it, it is was there a panic or was it because everybody's fine? I don't know. And we're going to, I think we're going to find out to an extent. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from election day. And I think it's, uh, 
it could either be very predictable. It could be the most predictable election of all time, or it can be, it can really, really truly prove that like polls are useless. The media is desperately out of touch and the culture is desperately out of touch with like what the actual people who inhabit this country value. I think that's, it's going to prove one or the other one, one of two things really. I think get yourself some money, get yourself a dude with a big dick, girl with big ass or big titties, and uh, worry about yourself, batten down the hatches, worry about yourself, uh, and you're going to come out of this fine. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be, if it go, if, if Trump wins, it's going to be, it's going to be a quite a week. It'll be quite a nine months of people being hyperbolic to the degree like you know people are going to resurrect jill stein again like it's just this endless endless nonsense where there's got to be somebody to blame what did what did it's okay so i always point out on this podcast i've done it probably seven times that that really fun uh post uh loss uh, Republican lost uh, survey of why did we lose? And it was this rare, rare moment of self-reflection. Uh, th- this is when Obama won. Um, a rare moment of self-reflection where they actually said, oh yeah, we're losing minority voters. And we it, because minorities are an increasingly large part of the population, my, minorities, though they may still be, uh, we can't afford to lose them all. And it was this like I said, rare moment, like, Oh wow. Somebody wants to do Somebody wants to win crazy. Uh, and I don't think there's any of that anymore. Everything is, uh, not, not about your failures, but about, uh, some kind of like, uh, how the world is so, uh, degenerate that it couldn't see things your way. Uh, instead of just understanding that, Hey, most people, are honestly most people can be bent to their self-interest if you just provide them uh, uh the argument for it you know so like uh my girl's father would vote for whoever literally whoever uh promised him a sizable enough tax break uh doesn't matter what their politics are otherwise uh you give him the impression that his money is going to go further, he would vote for that person. Oh, are they for gay marriage? Cool. Uh, are they for abortion? All right. Uh, <laughs> none of it matters. So the point is that that's not odd. That person might be the majority in some respects. Yeah, there's ideologues. Yeah, there's partisans. But a lot of times you can just, like the classic example is, do you like Obamacare? No, it sucks. Uh, do you like you know, the, uh, the Minnesota affordable, uh, uh, medical, uh, thing. Oh yeah. I love it. It made it so that my daughter gets her asthma medication. Well, that's Obamacare. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) That's the classic example (laughs) is, is all you have to do is frame things in a way to people where they feel that they are voting for themselves. And when you refuse to do that and you insist on treating them like they're intellectually disabled children, uh, well, sometimes it'll blow up in your face. Sometimes it works, no doubt. And other times it blows up in your face. And Democrats have had it blow up in their face face quite a bit. And I think Republicans might have it blow up in their face this time. Uh, but it, it is, uh, I think all the other talk is not even worth anything. Like, you know, like we said, like examining some of these 
uh, nitty gritty. Like it, it's like, yo, it's an easy dish to serve. You just put up somebody that's got a broad enough smile that people don't hate instantly. And then you try to oversell whatever your bullshit is uh, in the same way that if you were running uh, a shipping company and you were trying to get clients in that, or if you, you were a rep for a, a beer comp, a beer distro, you, you try to get clients from that. Just try to get some fucking clients. You know what I mean? Like stop alienating everybody and see them as potential forms sources of income. Sorry, everybody. That's the way you got to look at it when you're trying to fucking get something done. So it, whatever. Well, I mean, but, but, the, the, and I, the, the art of coalition building, the notion of coalition building has, is utterly lost on, on everybody. Like uh, no matter what side of the fence you sit on, um, reaching to the other side to pull potentials maybe to yours by appealing to with, with things that might appeal to them. It doesn't really exist anymore in, in any major, uh, way like each party has gone. And I know this is like a multifaceted thing and it's, but it, it, but each party seems to be content with winning their way with a very, very tight, very, very tight, possible minority win um and i don't like there's a million it seems to be like the defining factor of our times and and you can see it in many ways whether they're intrinsically connected or just sort of like um existentially collected like you know whether it's like twitter or 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 whatever um you know we're just not like people are very antisocial they're very aggrieved but also very like victimized like they're, they're like everyone is hurt everyone is like hurt they're like a scared dog like they, they they're, they're they're hurt and they need help but they just they will bite you if you ever try and reach a hand to them and and it, it this just go this this philosophy that i have goes for everybody it's not just the twitter left it's also the the wild ass like totally unreasonable fucking fantasy realm republicans out there like it it's you're all weird and you're all set with like being an island unto yourselves and like it's going to be hard to coexist if that's the way you are and I, and and i just don't even see a little bit in anybody that's like trying to to come around in some sort of way i mean like you could argue that that like biden is like his strategy for the election seems to be trying to like rope everybody in from, you know, centrists to, to disaffected Republicans. I mean, that th there is sort of some signs of coalition building there, but everyone hates his ass for it. Right. Every, everyone fucking like, they don't like, they don't like this shit. They don't like the strategy. It does. It's like not appealing to the, the hardliners on either side. So it'll be interesting if it works. Um, you know, in the last four years or so last five years, it's not just America that has seen like this sort of populism, this like appeal of, of populism and sort of right wing strongmen. It's been a sort of global thing. And it'll be interesting to see if that was a blip in time or if this, uh, run back to a, a more familiar way of things, maybe this is a blip, you know, maybe this is a four years where we go, Oh no. And then four years later, you know, another sort of 
you know, strong man comes about. Like maybe this is just the vibe we're on. Oh, it's definitely just the vibe we're on. Uh, peace or annihilation. You know what I mean? It's it's easy, everybody. The choice is your Christ or Vorster. Peace or annihilation. You just fucking decide for yourself now. Use your own fucking head. Uh, listen to me. Did you enjoy that Lincoln Project video I sent you? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody, if you thought that boomer Republicans were the ones making the fun, funny memes, y- you were wrong. It's definitely the, the, the weird, like incel trolls. There's no, the, the boomer Republicans are as pathetic as the like pussy hat libs in terms of their inability to deliver something with even an ounce of self-awareness or irony. So <laughs> there is a Lincoln project ad that is, fear mongering of the uh, people haven't seen shit like this since the nuclear scare like it's so over the top it's uh, I'm going to set everybody needs to go look this up but I'm going to just give you the spoiler Uh, it's a commercial it's two minutes long Uh, a mother comes in it's election night you can hear the TV in the background reading results Uh, it's uh, she comes into a bedroom it's a child's bedroom it's dark she wakes her child up she's there's some trepidation in her there's some sadness in her she wakes her child up and she said I know you wanted me to wake you up with the results and he goes who won mom (laughs) and she goes she's holding back tears a little bit trying to be strong for her son she goes Trump Trump won honey and then this, and then the kid goes, I thought you could only be president twice. And the mom goes, not anymore. And then, <laughs> it's so good. So it's embarrassing. So good. I loved it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that can only possibly work on, on, you know, 58 year old mothers in the suburbs, right? Oh, I mean, you've got to be. For, it, it, you've got to be CNN pilled. You, yeah, yeah. You've, you're still curious if like RussiaGate's going to pan out. If you're what, if if this oh. is where your head is at, you, you are so confused about so many things. I really like. I mean, listen, my friend whose house I'm in right now, he believes that Trump won't leave. He he says no, Trump is not going to leave. And I keep trying to explain to him, it's not an optional. It, it, it there's no choice in the matter the 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 one thing that the united states has correct is that well the commander-in-chief is technically the the president of the united states we do an excellent job of separating these two things in a way that many countries do not and you know some civil servant is going to tap him on the shoulder and say sir don't embarrass yourself and and then drag him out without cameras. Like, you know, they'll do their best to maintain the dignity of the office. Yeah. But he's going to fucking go. <laughs> like, it's not like he shoots, he's not dark side. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't shoot lasers out of his eyes. Well, just- so, so, um, I, I watched a thing. I think I sent you the link. I watched a thing with, uh, Michael Moore today. Right. And he kind of gives his like little final analysis on the whole situation. And he says, uh, the, the interview, it's just like a 15 minute long interview or so. And it, it starts out very reasonable. And he's like, look, you know, don't, don't 
underestimate Trump, you know, the Hillary was ahead in the polls, uh, in Michigan, you know, uh, four years ago. And we look how that went and, you know, he's really smart. He's rallying in these counties that he lost last time. So, and he's having a lot of a big draw. So, you know, the polls might look good for Joe, but yada, 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 you know, you never know, blah, blah, blah. Very reasonable, very, very astute, very poignant and, and, and very good. And then about eight minutes later, he's like, look, election night, Trump's going to send in the, the the federal troops into Pennsylvania and they're going to confiscate all the election, all the ballot boxes and they're going to put the kibosh on the election. And you'll see he's never. And, and he goes on this like we're to a point where the people interviewing had to be like, Michael, um, I don't want you have. <laughs> look, it's not really responsible. to. to I, I, we understand your thoughts and respect your opinion, but we want to we want to emphasize that there's been no reports suggesting such a thing whatsoever. And he's like, everyone called me crazy last time. He just totally goes off the rails. It's great. Yeah. Uh, look, Trump derangement syndrome is real. Like yes. people can feel how they want to feel about it. They can say like it's justified or not or whatever, but it it's real. <laughs> so so uh, people have allowed this total goofy loon to be their boogeyman. And I don't want to say I'm embarrassed for y'all, but I will say that it's not well considered. <laughs> you're not you're not thinking clearly. Um, dude's got to go, but this is not your. This isn't your Stalingrad, you know. No, I mean? no. <laughs> like, I mean, look when he when he won, you know. I un- first of all, I understood sort of the shock. I understood sort of the the sort of denial, right? Um, in this, like, because just because it was such a deeply cynical outcome, it was a cynical election to begin with, but it was just like, damn, this motherfucker really appealed to enough people to become the president. Like that sucks. Like I understood it, but like, you can't still be in that state of mind now because it's your, your, uh, your, the, the exception that you take to him existing it like like I on on one level I get it like he's a deeply offensive moron and like he's a dumb scumbag who shouldn't hold the highest office but it's like very evident that your your pearl grasping doesn't fucking do anything it doesn't do a fucking thing and it makes the people that love him they just it just makes their dicks harder so yeah. like you gotta just that, like like taking the tone down bringing the tone down starts with you. And I think if you treat this guy like a boring civil servant, which is what the president is supposed to be, you like you make the dicks go they they go flaccid, right? I think bringing it to a level-headed space makes the dicks get soft, and I think you need their dicks to get soft. Yeah, it's like these guys have never been in a fight with their girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're all you're both hot, you're both yelling at each other, and then somebody snaps and goes, "This is not productive," and then goes, "Okay, how can I best service?" what you're telling me right now. I'm not sure I'm convinced, but I know you care. So how can I make you feel better about this? And we can start moving forward uh, on the actual conversation. And then, yes, you're going to be tempted to go back into yelling mode when the person responds in an unreasonable way for the first five minutes. But just you, you just wait it out. You just be reasonable. You deflect accusations that you are... Uh, being a cold autistic person and uh, you, you power through and then eventually the other person sees it the way that you do or not. They don't agree, but they agree that you should 
not be treating each other like fucking nemesis. Yeah, bad idea. But th- but that's and that's my biggest that's my like biggest exasperation with the whole thing is like if he wins again, it's just gonna be more of the That's what I'm saying. I'm tired, man. Get the, the pearl clutching. I keep saying, like, I keep, I, listen, I keep saying it's good that we had this moment where we realized that politics actually impact normal humans' lives. But, sure. But it's fake, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, fucking, but that's the fake. inverse. So if he, if he loses, everyone's just going to go back to not caring. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's fake. And I, that's right. why I don't care. That, that's why for all the people, look, uh, this was on my list of things to talk about, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, put it to the front of the line for a second because it's related. Let's do it. I, uh, <clears throat> So like one of the like black Marxist, like one of these people I don't agree with at all on fucking literally anything, uh, said something that I thought was really smart today on Twitter. The way politicians, celebrities, and professional activists, in quotation pun- slash pundits, have turned black people are dying into the slogan of their job fairs and release parties disgusts me. Now, that's the thing that I've been feeling for quite some time and can't say or or can't articulate in a way that anybody gives a fuck about because yeah. I'm whiter than copy paper. Yeah. But, but the reality is, yo, that person's right. That, that person like, yo, listen to this black queen over here, everybody. Cause that's fucking true. Like you invoking this, uh, black people are dying all day. Black trans women are dying at a rate of, uh, 1 trillion every, every uh, 36 days. Like, yo, you, without some material, activism on your part you're just saying that to say it (laughs) and it's particularly pernicious when you seemingly are saying it to uh get you get yourself some uh clout shekels you know so uh that's why i don't believe any of this like the the positive that i saw which was people equating uh policy with human life uh, which to me, if there is a point to uh, like crust politics, uh, uh, that type of thing, it is literally that. You know what I mean? It, it is uh, the uh, the one to one between what your whether it's your fucking overseer, uh, your whatever we want to call the the tyrant, the politician that 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 is uh, uh, responsible for you as the constituent in some way. Uh, that their decisions have tangible impact on your life. That is, to me, the the point of the politics that uh, I had screamed in my ear forever, right? So I was really happy to see them manifest in all of this leftist dialogue. But it's dog shit. It's just so fucking fake. You're all going to go back to normal in a few days. So... Fuck it. I don't care. I'm going back to normal with you. I'm just going to go collect. Uh, I'm going to go stack my paper with my with my uh, streetwear friend, Wills, and uh, we are going to have a nice life. And that's it. No, I mean, people. it's not going to – people are going to slowly kind of go back to normal. But, I mean, like all this rancor that, that's on Twitter is still going to fucking be there. And, and yo, I, I mean – as you said, rightly so, um, you know, when, when things got really heated over the summer with, with George Floyd, et cetera, um, there wasn't a single person that wasn't, um, 
you know, behind, like when, when things popped off initially, there wasn't a single person that wasn't like totally disgusted and, and with the outrage that, that went along with that. But as it went on and like became like black lives matter became like corporatized, like co-opted and corporatized. It was like, Eric, disgusting. Here's my honest, you want to hear a conspiracy? Here's my opinion that uh, corporations are creating future neo libs in from Black Lives Matter. Mm. Like all of the, all of the complaints, like all the fucking idiotic I- I- invoking of the term neo neoliberals is that is what Black Lives Matter is doing when strained through this corporate lens. So, what I mean by that is performative everything. Everything is a pledge from a corporation that you forget about. Everything is an allo- is a tax write off to a charity with no so you feel good about giving your money money <laughs> you feel good about exchanging your capital all of a sudden uh and giving it to uh, uh is, is the, the crooked uh robber baron that they were 72 hours ago but now they're telling you that they're going to give a, a very tiny fraction uh, of uh, of uh, their gross uh, against taxes to some charity, and then you are supposed to feel better about this and banking with you know whoever, right? Citibank, and uh, so it's all performative. So y- you are it, it, here. It, here's actually, did you see the thing going on in Australia? No, what's going on in Australia? Okay, so there's some uh, tree that is uh, uh, sacred to uh, some of the Aboriginal people there. Uh, some, I, I don't know, I suppose tribe of indigenous people that are holding on to uh, some part of their culture. They say this tree is important. Uh, now, Australia, Australia is the place that I, they, it's the most racist place in the world to some people, but to me, the performative stuff that goes on there is unlike anything in the United States by a country mile. It's so much more extensive. Like the, all of the land acknowledgement, all of this, all of that stuff that is perfunctory and therefore performative. And then when the rubber meets the road, they tore down the tree to shave seven minutes off of a commute for, for drivers. <laughs> so you have all of this deference in, in the uh, public sphere uh, towards indigenous people. Canada does the same thing routinely. Canada does the same thing, uh, but in a larger fashion, uh, because it has to do with uh, t- typically uh, oil rights, uh, several or, and sometimes water several times a year, and it's always the same thing. It's we stand with you. Oh, but this is a this is a money thing. You get that. You get that. People got to get to work. You know. Yeah. So it, it is. But that's what I think that these corporations are lining up. Like, look, if the hippies were co-opted and uh, destroyed from inside, uh, then why is it so difficult to believe that that's what's happening right now with Black Lives Matter? So you have a movement that that the majority of Americans, if you told them, yeah, this is uh, against police brutality, uh, this is uh, a justice system problem, uh, I believe the majority of Americans would have no problem, like even my 78-year-old father has no problem uh, saying, oh yeah, that should be addressed. And then it starts to 
dilute a little bit that support as you add things like and uh, the dissolution or the the dissolving of the nuclear family, uh, also uh, black trans lives matter, and and then you attack on all these things that people don't feel as good about uh, and maybe wouldn't lend their support to, uh, but. But on the surface, you've got this thing that's inarguable. Like it's yeah. like, look at the language, Black Lives Matter. Okay, well that's inarguable. But so so it's easy for a corporation to get behind a, a slogan that they don't have to. It doesn't have to mean anything to the person saying it, or to the corporation saying it. And this is where I think people fuck up. It doesn't extend that outward. It doesn't have to mean anything to the corporation saying it. It's simply to get through the day without criticism. And then you get to the point where the individual is no different. It doesn't have to, they don't have to believe it or do anything to get it. They just have to say it to get through their day. I know a small business owner who put the black square up on their, their company's uh, Instagram because they had to literally, literally because they had to. And to somebody that says, well, that's kind of a victory if you think <laughs> if you think that uh being cowed into doing the least is a victory then you have to uh, you should then get with uh, the black marxist twitter and start calling for uh the overthrow of the united states because you are the equivalent of the the neo-lib agenda that i think is coming out of these corporate-led movements yeah 100 percent. yeah i i i I'm with you the whole way. Yeah. It's uh and 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 it, it it makes having the conversation difficult because it's like especially if you're like a you know, whatever. It it, it makes it hard because you have to parse these things, right? Like the, the Black Lives Matter, the movement, right? The the actual thing. Black Lives Matter the 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 actual meaning of the words, like the very evident and obvious truth behind the words. And then like the corporatization, the like corporate uh, co-opt of the thing itself. So when we talk about that, like it feels like it has to be said, like yo, that's that's the thing that's that 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 we're criticizing, right? But like I don't know, I just feel like there's this there's so much bad will and bad faith, and like people that want to take you out of of context and be like you're criticizing about it's like. I don't know. Again, it's just like no one wants to be honest and no one like wants to build coalitions or actually listen to people. It's like they want to like hear where you're you're wrong or they want to hear where they disagree with you so they can attack. For clap. I mean, I, see, I think they also just want to be action heroes. You know, yeah, that's like, it. Yeah. It's just a bunch of nonsense. It's it's like it's like Catholic like Marvel movie bullshit. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um what what let, let's go down your list. What, what more do you got? Okay, let's see. Um, we've got uh, who can you shit on in Portland? This is a quick one. I was I spent uh, forty eight hours in Portland, and I found it fascinating because uh, I was coming from Alaska, where you can shit on uh, you can't shit on Trump or you get punched in the face, but if you wear a mask, you're considered a pussy. Meanwhile, in Portland, if you don't shit on Trump. They start thinking that you, you're a proud boy, and they have to call in their their, their uh, Antifa homies. Uh, and but if you say, "Yeah, this mask thing doesn't seem to make much sense," they slap your face before you get it out. And I think it's interesting for people such as myself who who think Trump is a moron and masks are silly. 
and yeah. and it made me feel like a man without a country uh, for the time that I was there. Yeah, we and talked I, about this last time. Yeah, I'm excited to get to California, where everybody is so self-involved and idiotic that there there is it might be a, a Democrat state, and there might be like a, a, a sort of a Hollywood uh, push to criticize Trump, etc. I think that there's enough self-interest that people can still be individuals, like enough selfishness that people can say, yeah, I just don't want to wear that. Yeah. It's, it, it's going to fuck up my makeup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's not good for my, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to look good for these photographs and I, whatever it is, like I'm looking forward to that because I'm sick of the, the weird, um, like we talk about partisanship and sectarianism a lot. That's how those two States, those two places felt to me. Uh, it felt like, oh, you guys don't think as individuals, you, you think as a block, like some, like the Borg from fucking Star Wars or Star Trek. Right? Star Trek. And, uh, it, it is, uh, it's, it's deeply disconcerting to be just a normal person there. Like, like, a not a, uh, uh, like a soft radicalized, uh, like red or blue jersey uh fucking moron it, it is really hard <laughs> it's like you just want to be like oh hey um are any of your criticisms for these things rooted in anything except for uh kind of like e- easily digestible uh essentially twitter slogans that you've adopted because they uh make more uh, like like they're more expeditious than thinking about it and this is not me thinking I'm smarter than anybody because I think I'm largely dumber than most people that I interact with. And, but there's this like real, I, I found those two places really discouraging. Like it, it, like, you know, Alaska, pretty, uh, Portland, um, has a whole foods. Like (laughs) it's, these aren't places that I hate, but I just found it really discouraging that, that they're, they're proud of having this collective, identity on individual topics, which I think is very embarrassing. <laughs> like I think if anything, your brain should be going the opposite direction than that. Dude, I was thinking about it this morning. I woke up really early this morning um, and I was having trouble falling back to sl- back asleep. And I, and I was thinking about this and I was just thinking about like, you know, I think it's human nature to like really be searching, you know, to have an identity, right? To be an individual, to be, to like, to want to do right, to want to um, be an interesting person, be like engaging, be, you want to have an identity, right? You want to be a unique person. Um, and I think so, so many people are like bereft of, of like, like avenues that will lead them to being like a truly like unique individual. And like, I think the only things that they have access to are like either certain like artistic mediums or largely like, and what's become the most vogue thing in the, in, of the last couple of years is like your political identity. Like that is people's defining characteristic not everybody obviously but like you know for a large amount of people it like yo if you you just jump around on twitter and you're gonna find some piece of either ideology or or political leaning like in a person's bio and um it's 
I, I just, I find it like deeply sad. I find it like sad that you don't have like a more um, personal or like intimate connection to something. And, and I find it sad that like the state of politics as it is and, and like what you have to do to buy into it, to have this, like uh, to have an identity one way or the other means that it's going to alienate you from a large segment of the rest of the population. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to be apolitical, but I think me making politics, making ideology, the forefront of your personhood is like, I just think that it's just so dark and ultimately like vapid and, and, and I mean, really ultimately uninteresting to anyone with like an IQ over a certain number. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just think like politics is the way in which people choose to categorize or identify their personalities. And it's, it, it sucks, man. It fucking, it just, it sucks. Uh, don't join anything larger than a band. It's easy. <sighs> it's easy. I mean, I won't go that far. I mean, like, yo, like I, I think collectivizing is fine. I think, being engaged politically is fine, but like, I, I need you to be like real about it. You know what I mean? Like I need you to like, like getting involved. Like if that's your passion, if that's where your brain is at, like, I want to see you, I want to see you walk the walk. I, I don't like the Twitter personalized ideologue. Like I, I don't like go to the local meetings. You know what I mean? Like be an actual engaged person and like live that gimmick. You know what I mean? Don't like that I think is much more interesting than just being someone who parrots propaganda that they find on Twitter. That sucks. I mean, you waiting for an argument? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yo, it's, it's just, it's, it's so fucking prevalent. I mean, and, and like, I just have a deep pity for people that like never went to like, you know, I, never went to you know a united youth show at the at the local vfw like i i feel i or like you know joined a book club or something like i just feel like i, you don't I feel even got, listen you don't even gotta my, my girlfriend is an avowed normie and like still finds plenty ways to to feel engaged by the world you know what I mean? Like you don't like. I'm always an advocate. Like, yeah, these are a bunch of people that never had subculture. They never felt special in their life, so they got to do it. it. But yo, my girl doesn't give a fuck about that shit because it, what's important to her are her interpersonal interactions. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can you don't like. I largely agree with you. Yeah, like please go get into something. Get into something weird. But but you can also be a normie and not like tilt into being a loon. I don't know. I, I mean, I've, as I've gotten older, I've, I've grown more normie, but like my interest for the things that I, that I loved, you know, when I was younger, hasn't, hasn't really diminished. Like I still love the same things and I still am engaged by them. I may not, I mean, now you can't go to shows or anything. It's, it's hard to, you know, try to do anything social with you, with your interests at this stage. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. And then there's nothing wrong with being like a full stop normie, but it's like, it's, I don't know. There, you have to find some sort of connection to the real world that isn't digital, that isn't defined by, by either propaganda or like, or just, you know, 
isn't based around what other people tell you. Like you, and, and, and I, I see people like really reactionary, like really like quick to say like, fuck you or to not like, you know, like I wish people had more curious minds. I wish like, you know, you could engage with a thing that you find deeply offensive. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like the fragileness. Like, Oh, well now we're just in, you're hitting all my triggers. You don't want to go here with me. Come on. I mean, you sent, what was the thing? Um, so you ordered that, uh, that, that painting, right? The, uh, the orgy at Disney world. Um, Disneyland Memorial orgy. Yes. And, and I saw that I looked up the guy who sold it to you and he's someone that collects extreme, well, he calls it extremist art. It really, I guess what it is, is things that are hard to come by because they've either been banned or the, the material itself is, uh, maybe objectionable to most people, but like, yo, that's interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I actually want his career. I think he also played in the band Prayer for Cleansing. Uh, but he is a D Anthem bookseller, uh, davidanthembookseller.com, everybody, where he he advertises himself as a purveyor of radical, fringe, and extremist material. And what what Eric is getting at is that this man, in our public lives... You, if you are to say I'm a purveyor of radical fringe and extremist material, there's many people who would want that to be from from just the the end of the spectrum that they are comfortable with. Yes, and that is not what this man does. This man uh, runs a business that I admire quite a bit, which is uh, he allows you access to other people's thoughts, <laughs> and I love it. I mean, but that, 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 and like, yeah, no, I was looking through it and you, and it's all over the spectrum. You can find Nazism literature. You can find hyper communist literature. You can find shit written by a fucking serial killer. You can, and like extremist environmentalism, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. And like, I just, I, I understand the person that looks at, you know, at a KKK pamphlet and goes, ugh, gro-, like, I don't like, I find this like objectionable and, and, and scary. So much. The point is we don't even need to say that because what, like, what's the other response? Do we know anybody that looks at it and goes, Hmm, let's see what is, I wonder what ideas are presented here. I'm very, I don't know anything about this organization. Nobody says that. You don't even, it, it doesn't even need to be said. But I think a lot of the, I think, I think there's a lot of people that would, want to put immediately take that and put it in a shredder right like i i just like to, to to be curious about the thing and go wow i find this everything about this uh morally objectionable and reprehensible but like I've, i want to look at it like i want to look at it and read it you know like I, I i just i'm interested i'm interested in what i'm interested to crawl inside the mind of someone with fringe beliefs regardless of where they lie i think it's interesting I mean, no doubt, you know, and I think the fear that some people have is that like, you're going to crawl out of that person's mind, carrying their, their ideas with you. Yeah. I guess if you're a moron. Yeah. But I see, I don't even go that far because, you know, yes, it is a fact that the majority of people in the world are morons who are easily swayed to whatever it is, but it's like, so what? I mean, <laughs> you, can, 
like truly you can't always be lowering the quality of your thoughts to accommodate morons and boobs like it's, it's like like who wants to live in that world and also forget that for a second i it's not even worth talking about cuz i simply do not believe that the people that would tell me that they have to look out for somebody else they have to look out for people and people are dumb don't you know people are dumb that argument i do, i'm not convinced that the people saying that are any smarter than the dumb people and I don't understand why I should put more faith in them than the dumb people. Have they demonstrated that they are somehow better? You know, like these people that self-elect to be uh, these kind of global arbiters, these these uh, these heroes of right think. Like, yo, where's your resume? Why 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 would I trust you with that responsibility? It's just a bizarre idea. It's a bizarre idea. And I, and I, I don't know. I just, <sighs> politics has, has become the new religion of, of like the country of, of the world in some respects. And, um, you know, uh, I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't, it depresses me to know that there are people out there that like just n- like no longer really have curious minds or maybe they do, but they're like afraid, you know, they're afraid to be curious because to question or, 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 or be curious in, in light of their, the, the right think, you know what I mean? Like means that they are somehow a bad person or, or evil or, you know, it's it, supporting things that they find counter to their own beliefs. Like I just, I, I just, it's, that's so sad to me. That's it's, it sucks so fucking much. You know, if you want to get sadder, go look at global, the Instagram account, global reform, digital creator, which is all about reforming the way we think we unpack opinions and facts regarding politics, mental health, social justice, medical concepts, and societal constructs. It, it, this is a person that learned how to make not even infographs. I don't even know what this is. It's just like, you know, where you make the, I, I guess they're infographs. They're fucking like, they're memes. They're just fucking memes. And they are, they sell you these ideas. Like for example, this one, <clears throat> um, here are just a few reminders. Global reform has for you all. Let's make sure our activism is equitable and productive. There are more than two sexes and more than two genders. Even science shows this. Arguing against this is denying fundamental facts. Now, Eric, you and I don't engage with this larger trans conversation because we're not scientists and we don't like to get yelled at. So we don't don't go hard on this one. Uh, But here's what I do know of it. I know that if you tuck tuck in to your uh, three-part semicolon sentence— even science shows this. You open yourself up to the idea that I would like some citation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like there are more than two sexes and more than two genders. Even science shows this. Arguing against this is denying fundamental facts. Well, uh, that's not the way to go with that conversation. So, this is for our trans listeners and uh, allies in our li- out there. I'm going to compare this to veganism for just a second. I knew people that used to argue for veganism uh, as a natural lifestyle. And I always thought that that was stupid. 
Because what if it's proven otherwise? Why would you hang your hat on science that you can't really support? Yeah. Why not just say, I believe it to be right. And I think that this is what my heart tells me to do. I don't think that it is correct to eat animals. I don't think it is right in a place where we don't have to consume living things, sentient living things, that we should do so. So why not say that instead of arguing about, like, well, uh, humans have uh, eight molars and only two canines. Therefore, it's like, you know, that is a losing argument because there's always going to be some new piece of science that argues against the former. So when you say even science advocates this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it is like, and I'm reading this now and it's just, it's just one thing after another that is talking points for somebody that doesn't think right. Like it's like, uh, uh, it goes immediately from, uh, like, okay, sexual assault is never okay, regardless of the victim or perpetrator's identity. Who, who in your, who in your follows needed that heads up? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who is this for? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I like the, I like the one that says simp. Let's break it down. Oh, this one I like. This one's actually crazy because it it acknowledges a, a, a deep bias. This says advocates do not like false accusations. We did not say they were okay. We were saying what we are saying is there are bigger problems here. If you use false accusations as a derailing tactic, it will most likely be shut down. Everyone is more likely to be raped than falsely accused. Well, everyone is that I don't know. Everyone, we'd have to be really careful about that word. But here's what's crazy. You're saying there's a bigger problem. This is my problem with all of this rhetoric is that you don't care at all about individuals. You care about these like this false greater good that I simply don't believe you actually value. You know what I mean? Like, and the the proof is in the pudding. You and I are going to find out, like, is the world going to calm down? If the world calms down um, two months from now and we literally have all the same problems, then what did this mean? <laughs> like what, yeah. what, what did it, what it, then what it'll amount to is you found Trump disagreeable. That's, that's what it'll amount to is that you did not like this dude's personality, which, Hey, I'm sympathetic, <laughs> but that's what it'll uh, amount to. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at this page, the the global reform page you mentioned, and like, it would be hard to argue otherwise that this is this is propaganda, which is and, and it might be it's, it's just a grift. Like, well, I, well, ultimately, I mean, I, all this stuff is grifts, but I mean, like, this is propaganda of a certain sort, and that's that's fine if you agree with it. Like, I mean, like, it's it's okay to have to beliefs that, that coincide with certain propaganda, whatever it, 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 that's perfectly valid, you know? And, and, you know, yeah, but this, this is like the colonizers gave me stretch marks variety of, of nonsense. You, well, you know what I mean? I, I'm not, I'm just, I'm speaking more broadly about, about what it is than rather than getting too into the weeds on, on the things that they're saying here. <laughs> colonizers give me stress. Marks, stress, stress marks. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. 
That's got to be. Let me write that down. I'll I'll, I'll use that in my uh, tight seven minutes of of comedy. Yeah, that's good. Um, (laughs) No, I I guess just what I was driving at is kind of like, I think it's okay to have ideology. It's okay to like, I'm not trying to talk down on that, but I do think it behooves you to um, engage in a way that is like sane and curious and open to perhaps, you know, uh, seeing things another way and not throwing it in the garbage immediately because other people have deemed it bad or wrong for you to hear. In fact, if you, and, and look, I know it's hard sometimes because, you know, you might, the other side to you might look like a dumb redneck telling you that, you know, you're, you know, that, 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 that trans people don't exist or something like that. Like I, I understand the, the, the aversion to it on some level, but I'm not talking about the dumb hicks. I'm just talking about the same, I guess the same topic, but from, from different people's perspectives and just, just hearing everybody out and not like not wanting to shoot them in the head because you don't land in the same square. Um, I just, I think that's, what's like being an adult, like being a person, like, and, and, and like I said earlier, like bringing the tone down, bringing it down to a level where it's more conducive for everybody Eric, is, in, in everybody's in, best interest. I'm cucking out. I know it's the cuck moment. It's disgusting respectability politics. It, it, listen, if you are not uh, in, 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 invoking the, the name of an obscure Marxist philosopher while you are burning your neighbor's house down, uh, then you are weak-willed. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, kill your neighbor. Um, what do you have? Any what else you got on your list? Yeah, I'm drowning in notes over here, man. Let's let me go. just say, let me just say, Come Gavin Newsom, our new uh, slave master, as uh, as California residents, uh, is so full of shit. And they're all uh, full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Th- 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 but this should demonstrate it to you, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Actually, all the Black Lives Matter people in our in our listenership, this is what when I said we're lining up for uh, that whole uh, that whole movement to be co opted by uh, corporate interests and and neoliberal uh, uh, thinking. Gavin Newsom said, uh, "California's capital punishment laws have always been in, infected by racism." Okay, now. Is there any part of you that doubts that statement? You're asking me personally? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have I to think about it more. I, I don't. I, I don't doubt that for a second. That that's seems, I mean, that, that is the history of the Ameri- of the United States. I think uh, provably uh, it would be, it, it, it yes, uh, certainly uh, the people that end up on death row, uh, it's not hard to imagine that their that race plays a factor into their sentencing. Right? It's easy. Sure. Yeah. Uh particularly historically. Uh now next point here though is Gavin Newsom has the ability to commute all three hundred people sitting on death row, commute their sentence from from a capital sentence to something else. If you believe that it's racist enough to say it. What I'm saying is, is that this is a Trudeau tactic. The tr- the, like Trudeau's thing is to look at the camera holding back tears and talk about how terrible 
something is, and then go do it three months later. It is, this is that nonsense. (laughs) This is that absurd nonsense where (laughs) you perform the act of saying, I am not like other governors. You know, (laughs) I'm different, baby. And then, then you're the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, 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 we're in an interesting space where it's like it, com- comparing and contrasting the, the the governors or the the mayors of of states like New York or California that are really riding the lockdown dick, and then like the um or 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 the the response you know to uh, the the sort of civil unrest and racial justice going on, and then compare them to 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 other states is uh it's interesting it's an interesting exercise <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting exercise. dichotomy it's true yeah. it All definitely right. highlights and 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 uh certain things yeah no doubt uh that, w- that we're not allowed to talk about because then we don't look like uh, good dem foot soldiers in the mm. army of Bi- in the army of biden his holy his holy crusade yeah the, the biden death squads uh i realized i'm french uh i'm thinking about moving to the south of france uh, they're the only ones that uh, they're the only ones that talk about like classical liberal values in a way that isn't embarrassing. It's certainly still politicized there. It's certainly still uh, co-opted by the right there. That's all true. But when they have intellectuals over there, like academics that are willing to go on record as saying, Oh no, that's what we value here. And uh, not having it any other way, which is a thing that the United States is, really intellectuals here you basically get run out of town if you suggest for a second that there are fundamental values uh worth hanging on to uh so i determined determined i'm french i'm not going to learn the language i'll live there for the rest of my life while never giving them the respect of learning the language because I, <laughs> I, I don't give a shit fuck them but uh i do value uh and don't get me wrong they're dicks they're dicks about a lot of shit uh, it's still a government, it's still corrupt as fuck. It's still uh, trying to play people off each other for the uh, enrichment of the elites, but it, it is uh, a, a tiny bit better than the United States. Um, and then my notes are Kim K rules, suck cock world. Kim K uh, bit, uh, brings out the bitters, but we've talked about that on the Patreon. Everybody go follow the Patreon. Uh, Want to talk about the synagogue of Satan? Mm, I like the sound of that. Is this uh, is this is this your is this your spooky season segment? <laughs> yes, yeah that that's my uh, no budget horror film, Synagogue of Satan. I love. Um, yeah, people said I shouldn't make it because I'm not Jewish, but I, I I don't think that's true. It's our it's our Shutter original. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's our it's a crackle uh, exclusive. Jo- so jo- Joe Bob says, check it out. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw the footage of the uh, Phil- the post Philadelphia riot situation, where a bunch of Jews came uh, into the neighborhood, like, and were like, because it's their neighborhood, and they were <laughs> they were like, uh, you know, they they were in the wreckage, basically. They got they got Jews in Philly. Oh yeah. Oh. Some of these some of these are their shops, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. Okay. And they get confronted with. Uh, get the fuck out. You don't live here. Uh, go back to your synagogue of Satan. Uh, wow. all, 
all of the shit that we're always talking about on this podcast, which is, uh, oh yeah, there's there's a black Jewish problem that uh, you, you're incredibly condescending uh, news uh, outlets refuse to address because they, they they do what we do with the with the with the trans, trans stuff. Shit. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Don't want to get yelled at. One hundred percent. So, uh, but everybody, this is. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that it's a massive problem. I think that that's part of the the whole issue here is that news media does this to you where I saw. So uh, Glenn Glenn Greenwald uh, left the intercept today. Uh, This means nothing to you. These are all journalists who uh, would bore the living shit out of you. Uh, But Glenn Greenwald is a guy who I sort of respect. I think he does good work on occasion. And I think that the things that he says are often good, but then I've also seen him be so duplicitous about that shit. And so shape, like when he has a, a grievance, he seems to lose all fucking sense. So not exactly a guy that I align myself with, but uh, he started uh, this news outlet, like whatever, seven years ago or something. And he left it. Uh, today uh, because they tried to censor one of his articles that was critical of Biden. And this is what he alleges. And that should come as no surprise. But what's interesting is that he's one of these dudes, in my view, who has created a culture where you've kind of, uh, uh, you've radicalized the, the blog news media to a degree. And he's always been more interested in the pursuit of truth than a lot of his contemporaries, but he's still kind of fostered that type of newsroom. And then today it, it got him. (laughs) So, uh, but that's the thing that I think we're going to see more and more of is the boomer generation who thought that they could ride a wave and make a couple bucks off of, like like activism journalism and shit like that are going to be ushered out by the kids that they created and uh it will it will be ultimately in my view so here's an interesting thing there's probably like if i can name three second wave uh feminist thinkers that means that there's got to be 10 more that are notable, right? Because I, that's not my sphere. I don't give a shit about that. Right. So I can't name a single intersectional one, right? I can name two guys on the black side. I can't name any feminist thinkers, intersectional third wave, whatever we're calling it, right? And the result is that the second waivers are still media personalities they're still listened to they still have massive followings because nobody has come to knock them out of their space that there's people are critical of them people actually hate them because they're seen as transphobic but they can't get rid of them because there's nobody smarter among the kids and that's what i think is going to happen to stuff like news media where uh the kids are firebrands they're excited and they're uh, happy to cut the throats of the uh, of the guys who brought them in there, but the guys who brought them in there are just going to go to the paid newsletter model and make millions. And meanwhile, the kids are going to actually inherit legacy media and die starving, 
<laughs> which I think is like such an injury because they're not creating these dynamic personalities that people want to follow. Right. Like there's a couple good grifters in there. Like, uh, like, uh, Kendi, like on the black side, he's, he's a good, like classic race hustler, grifter sort of guy who's going to make millions. But like for the most part, particularly on the feminist end of things, I just don't see outside of like the gamer girl ones, like the, the Zoe Quinn's and the, uh, Sarkeesian's, but that was like really narrow. And I don't think that those are those, those women ever talk theory or ever try to further themselves in that way. Like, it's just, it's fascinating to me that these old, these old fucks will probably outlast the other ones, like the new, the ones that they brought in. And well, that, yeah, I mean, I think, but I think that's like the way I see it. Right. And, and I, I could be wrong, but the, the way my brains in, interpret is this whole stuff these younger firebrands don't really have much respect for like the idea of what journalism or what these journalistic intent uh, institutions, they don't understand or value their, the values that they've built themselves on to becoming what they are. So when they get control of the thing, when they inherit the thing and totally um, strip it of what made it the thing and the reason why people subscribe to it and value it, Yo, those people aren't going to stick around. They're going to go follow the people that worked for it when it had those values. Does that make sense to me? Yeah, but... Mm. Am I missing something? That's kind of how I see it. No, I think that's fair. I, I uh, Like, they don't... I, I, don't know. I get the feeling that they don't have, like... They're, they're part I, I of... This, I, I don't know. I just they're don't know this. if it matters. Like, it, it, I guess right. what I'm saying is... It, yeah. it, it is it, was journalism ever a uh, uh, noble profession? I, I don't, I, like I always say, I think there might've been a window from, from maybe the uh, mid sixties to the, it's the year 2000, maybe, you know, maybe. No, maybe yeah, no, a- look, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it never was noble. It, it's, oh, it's, it's, it, look, it's always been bullshit. And like their marriage to these sort of things aren't, you know, they're not, they've never been genuine really. Like, but like, People like the kayfabe, you know what I mean? People like the idea that they're true to this virtue, even though free, free tubing. Th- there, there's plenty of yeah, free tubing. The people like the kayfabe that the, that they 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 represent that. And when it becomes apparent that the new guild doesn't, it makes you look like a it makes you look like a disgusting hypocrite. It makes the institution look hypocritical, and that's what that's what drives people away. That's all true. I I wish that I could remember what that had to do with the synagogue of Satan because I did go into <laughs> I, I did go into Glenn Greenwald for a reason, uh, but I don't recall what it was. Um, uh, I I don't know. I uh, best of luck to Philadelphia uh, synagogue of Satan. Synagogue of Satan, baby. Um, I I I love that. Well. Yeah, I, I look. We said at the top. I have no idea what the fuck's even going on in Philly. Um. Oh, can I take us in a non-political direction? I think. Please, I think we should. Do, uh, also, I think we should close out with uh, our our therapy corner. People really okay. like that. Uh, I was nonplussed with the audio mix of the film Tenet. Mm. I see that I'm not alone in that. Many, many, many people agree. Um. I was having a discussion about it and I said, I wonder if there's been any 
write-ups on that, anything in, you know, film journals or anything like that. And I go and look it up and it was the most pathetic display I've ever seen in my life. And Mm. made me, it made me, Christopher Nolan, a guy who I don't particularly like his films, it made me hate him. Like, (laughs) Like straight up, I like Scott Snyder significantly more significantly more. And I, I think Scott Snyder films are embarrassing that they get made, but there is something terrible about Christopher Nolan because variety did it addressed it. It was it's actually the most dishonest thing I've ever seen. Um, this is how, you know, you're full of shit. Hold on. I'm going to find it right now. Um, I mean, Christopher Nolan, just real quick. I, I also kind of sort of have like a love hate relationship with him. I love the, I, I, I like the fact that he's like, he represents the idea of like an auteur, which is also another, another thing that's sort of like a fantasy, but stop this dude is this. Dude no, 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 no. But listen, I'm not, I'm not hack. No. Yeah. No, look, his music, his fucking movies suck, but I like the, I, I like that there are still people like him out there. You know what I mean? That they're, they're, yeah, it seems look, a dying thing that there's like a voice behind a movie. You know what I mean? Look, listen, I'm supposed to say it's not to my taste, right? I'm supposed to do that. This is like the way that we're supposed to polite people that work in uh, careers adjacent to guys like this are supposed to talk about guys like this. And I've been trying to do that because <clears throat> really at the end of the day, if you want to like substandard dog shit, it doesn't it's not robbing me of anything. Go, go rub the dog shit all over yourself. I don't give a fuck. But when I see articles like this variety headline that says Christopher Nolan's use of sound on tenant infuriates some inspires others. Okay. Okay. That's dishonest because yes, it is true that you can find somebody on the face of this planet that believes that they were inspired by this. I'm certain there's 7 billion people. Yes. You could find that individual or you could just pay a bum $5 to say it. So yes, of course that exists. This is a dishonest headline because we both know the person writing this and myself that the reason you're writing this article is because so many people were infuriated by it. So to simp, to throw in the inspires others is, is nonsense. It demonstrates that you just want to fillet Christopher Nolan. And here was my problem with this article. Every single person they interviewed was simping to Nolan for a few, for future work. Nolan. There wasn't, there wasn't a single honest player in this thing. Let me say this. The, look, um, okay. One guy who's a sound designer who said that he did not see the movies, uh, said, Uh, The sound mixes for Christopher Nolan films are painstakingly considered. Everything you hear or don't hear is the result of uh, ultra-conscious direction. If you understand the gist of the dialogue, then they're happy. As a dialogue editor, I prefer to understand each word, but that's just my preference. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come Come on. on. Come Look, on. It, I think it's valid to say that, that, yeah, sure, everything's a conscious decision, and and sometimes those decisions don't work. Okay, what about this one? Um... Here's a studio insider. Uh, it, it basically it's, it's him acknowledging that every film they put out from Christopher Nolan has these complaints because that's apparently the case is that like four of his movies, people have said, what's going on here? I can't understand what's being said. Um, here's the studio insider. This isn't unusual for Chris's films, but this is how you know this is a real scumbag calling him Chris. Uh, this <laughs> isn't unusual for Chris's films. 
but with eight nominations for sound and five wins, the record speaks for itself. That's the worst person ever. Yeah. Ever. That is a weasel. That That is a terrible individual. So uh, it's all people that want to work with Christopher Nolan in the future who are going on and on and on about how, yeah, this is just part of the auteur uh, thing, man, you know, is sometimes you, you don't want your audience to understand what the movie is about, even at the end of it. <laughs> it's like, yo, hey, a studio gave this guy $200 million to make this hack-ass film. Uh, let's stop pretending that this is a genius at work. Yeah. It's a, ge- it's a genius of hustle. You know what I mean? It's it's a genius of of uh, of uh, reallocation of of capital from uh, a studio head to your pocket, but is this what this is the artist now because he, he the sound design sucks? Is he is he the modern Schumacher? No, he's not nearly as cool. <laughs> Joel Schumacher was pretty cool. Um, Joel Schumacher was dope. Uh, he made some fucking stinkers. Oh, he made uh, more stinkers than good movies. Yeah, but but I uh, I think the, the 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 Nolan Batman movies, honestly, they get worse every time I see them. It's kind yeah, of bad. remarkable. They're, they're bad. Every time I watch them, they're worse than the last time I watched them. Yeah, listen, like the first I thought- time when I saw them in theaters, I was like, "This is kind of cool." And then I saw it on TV for the first time, and I was like, "This isn't really, it doesn't hit as like it did in the theaters." And I see it again, and I'm like, "This is kind of stupid." And then I see it again, and I'm like, "Wait." This movie sucks. Well, yo, it does a weird thing. When you watch the Batman 89, it's, it's, there's something about the tone that is goofy enough that you understand what's happening and you don't judge it through the same lens. The Christopher Nolan movies attempt to be serious while doing this goofy nonsense. And the result is that you critique them as though they're a serious movie. And there, and a Batman movie can't hold up to that criticism. You know what I mean? Like you can't hold it to that standard and expect anything good to happen. So I guess. Uh, I mean, my, my whole thing more is just they're like they're just confusing movies. Well, I've said this a million times. If you want to see what kind of movie you're watching, uh, watch the one with the Joker, where Commissioner Gordon and Batman have a conversation on a roof. And because Christopher Nolan is so afraid to have two adult characters have a minute long conversation, uh, he spins the camera around them so that you don't actually have to listen. You can just sort of trip out. It's so, so, so stupid. Like it's not clever. And I think that that's an understood because these are popcorn movies, but then we kind of get in our bag and go, no, 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 there's you know, it's kind of a smart movie. And you're like, no, it's no. literally no different than Batman and Robin. Um, uh, Interstellar was one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen in my life. I, I think, agreed. I got a lot of shit for that one, but I thought that one sucked cock. Oh, it was awful. And um, Inception might be his best movie just because it's like the least boring. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. 
Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah. The rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. I don't remember a thing about it. You know, I don't really remember a lot about it either. But I remember, but of all the ones I've seen, and I've seen most of his movies, I think that's the one I enjoyed the most. That's actually an interesting thing is talking about movies that are gestalt versus. Uh, like something that you can sort of pick apart and say, I loved this. I love that because if we're talking about movies that I like best, I think that I can identify parts of them that I think are really great. Whereas, and I can tell you, I can certainly tell you what they're about. Yeah. Whereas if you asked me what the, any of the Batman movies are about, I could not tell you like the Bane one. I'd be like, I think Bane takes over the city. Um, I don't know why he does that. And um, he's on a plane in the beginning. That's it. Literally, all I've seen it twice. <laughs> so, so like, if I can't tell you what it's about, except uh, Bane takes over the city for a reason, then I don't, I, I, I mean, that sounds like a failure narratively to me. It's a weird, I think it's a weird phenomenon in, for movies in general now. I like, th- there are so many movies I walk into the theater, watch the whole thing, and then leave, and I'm like, I don't remember anything. Yeah. And I don't think that's all my fault. I'll take partial responsibility. What it might be is when you got the COVID, it aged your brain to 70 years old. It aged my fucking brain. All right. What's, uh, do you want to do our therapy corner? How are you? How are you feeling? Give me your feelings. I'm doing good. I, I guess I should have been clear. We were talking about marriage a whole bunch on the last one. And, uh, I am, I, I keep lapsing into like an anxiety about marriage because that's where I've always been. Uh, and that's how I'm used to talking. Uh, and it's, I am torn between, uh, wanting to simp for, for the woman in my life and say, yes, of, of course I want to get married. And also feeling like, like if I reflexively push back, okay. So if I, if I just stay with the way that I've always thought for the sake of staying, how I've always thought, it's not very good personal growth. No, but if I reflexively just do the opposite of what I've of how I've always thought, that's also not good personal growth. Uh, That's just some like nonsense uh, uh, sort of uh, you know uh, uh, flip flopping. Uh, And for me, marriage is neither. I I guess I just I don't know. It's not really therapy, but I. I'm excited at the prospect of a marriage with my partner. I just also, that never, that's like not an organic thing that comes out of my mouth. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, um, like because I've never thought to say that before and because the institution of marriage is like, I really don't value that one. I just like, long-term partnership. Yeah. Yeah. 
know what I mean? So it, it's like one of those weird things where I don't want the woman in my life and I to fight about like, like, Oh, do you not want to get married to me? And it's like, well, t- to my ear, that's not even the conversation. Like it is very much, uh, uh, like I wish that people would ask the relevant question to me, which is, Hey, do you think we could go on for as long as we humanly can? I'd love that question. That's a question where you can go like, yeah, I think you're a pretty good bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Versus these like things that are very specific to the individual, such as like, like, do, okay, does a marriage come with a wedding? Does a marriage, what about just getting engaged? Is it like, and then this is me getting really in the weeds on my girlfriend and I's relationship. She accuses me of being too woke all the time, which I wow. think our listeners. Yeah. She, she thinks I'm like dangerously woke. Um, and whenever I say some shit like, Hey, can we just live together and be happy people? She'll go, you are so woke. It makes me sick. You know, (laughs) which I I think is very funny because nobody in my life would describe me as woke, but she like to her, these concepts of like, like, she'll get like, like I'll call things a ritual. I'll say, listen, it's just a pointless ritual. And she will say that I sound like such a superior dickhead. Wow. You know, <laughs> and, and I don't know if she's wrong per se, but I, because certainly I'm sure I can sound like that, but like it is, it is interesting to be called like too woke or performatively alt or whatever. Like she would get angry if I used performatively. You know what I mean? If I was like, listen, so much of the actual process of, of a wedding into a state sanctioned or religiously uh, uh, officiated marriage feels like ritual and performance to me. And, and that's not what I'm about. She would say, Hey idiot. They're things that people do because they enjoy them. It doesn't have to be intellectualized. And I think that that's perhaps my problem is that I'm intellectualizing a thing that most people uh, j- just sort of take on, uh, on faith. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think it's wrong to necessarily have trepidations about marriage. And I mean, we don't have to make this the whole of this segment, but because we talked about it last week, but it's just like, I don't know, you bring in you relationships are, are hard as they are, you know, like they're, they're naturally like a difficult thing because they're too typically, I mean, at least in my case, you know, you've strong, I, I like, individuals so you're you're dealing with two um highly goal specific individuals and trying to you know make that situation work together in a way that both makes you happy um and once you bring like lawyers and paperwork and legal binding documents into the the mix i get really i get really leery i i don't it 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 freaks me out a little bit so i'm sure i will get married someday but it is something that a smart person should do with a lot of care and not just you know willy-nilly yeah, I mean, I've I've really like I resent having to when I I just for our listeners that are interested in my career, I just signed my uh, producer agreement with uh, uh, the Sony. Uh, Whoa. For, for yeah, but it's for like one of my comic books. Like it, it's a it, it's it's basically indemnifying Sony that if I suggest a good idea, that they own it. You you're I mean? gonna you're gonna you're starring alongside The Rock and Kevin Hart in the next Jumanji movie. That's exactly right. <laughs> it, so, but 
but I resent all that shit because like, I'm like an idiot that believes that if you've got to sign the paper, the paper's not worth it. You know what I mean? But clearly that's stupid because you got to protect yourself in this life against like bad actors. But like, you know, to a large degree, I'm still, I'm still on that discord record shit. Like where it's like handshake agreement to everything. My, there's my point. Can we have a handshake marriage? Is that, is that a thing we can do? Mm, Yeah. I like that. Um, so you're still on the, give me more. We talked about the marriage shit last week. Where are you at? I mean, I think I said it. I'm like, I'm excited to pursue that with my partner, but like, obviously I lack the language for that because I'm still saying things like I'm excited to pursue that with my partner, which sounds like, like autistic and, and like incredibly, uh, fucking mechanical. Yes. You know, so that's what I'm kind of saying is that like, there's a whole bunch of people in this world that, uh, have never had to think about a thing or never cared to think about a thing. And then, uh, when they feel like they have to, they lack the jo- they lack the the sort of uh, uh, logistical <laughs> uh, the language logistics uh, to even sound convincing on a thing. And that's how I think I sound with so much uh, traditional value stuff, where it's like even if I'm not particularly angry at it or against it or whatever, I just sound away, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'm with that. Like nobody would hear me say I would be interested in pursuing that avenue of lifestyle with my partner and go, "Oh yeah, that that's a guy that uh is re- is really comfortable talking about that." You yeah, know what I mean? Not, it's not terribly <laughs> romantic. One of those things where I like never had to talk about it, so I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 a super romantic uh, choice of language. Right. And that's the problem is that I'm not a romantic man to begin with. And then when there's some subjects that are supposed to be romantic, I'm an utter failure. Like, like I'm really like, I'm sympathetic to my girl when she gets mad because I'm like, yeah, listen, I don't even, I don't even know what the fuck people say. Like, you know, like she was in an accident the other day and I was like, Oh, are you all right? Are you, (laughs) badly injured you know because like people think i'm exaggerating but i if anything has gone wrong in my day i just care to be left alone yeah so i don't even know how to interact with normal human beings and i'm always doing that dumb shit that men do that like you hear of like female comedians make jokes about but uh, i cannot help it if there is a problem my mind goes to, okay, well, what is, what can we do in the present tense to solve this problem? And then women will, after like an hour of going back and forth and you becoming the enemy on the topic, women will go, I just wanted to complain. I just wanted to vent to my partner. Mm. I wasn't looking for a solution, but it's almost incomprehensible that I could be talking about something serious. That is a problem and not be troubleshooting it. You know what I mean? Like if, if you want to have a conversation complaining about the last 11 Weezer records, I will definitely have that conversation with you. But if you're like, oh, my boss is sexually harassing me or some shit, my brain goes to, okay, well, how do we solve that? You know? You got to shoot your boss? You got No, you got to extort your boss. You got to get him in an HR trap and then say, I'm going to take your children's college money. Yeah, I'm with that. Sounds good. That's how people do things these days. 
I talked to somebody who's uh, a friend of this podcast whose uh, uh, sister is an HR demon. What does that mean? She's an HR worker who is a hatchet man for the company that just straight up has no remorse. Like the opposite of like the, you know, like, like the, well, um, you know, y- your Facebook suggests that uh, you're not sympathetic. Uh, and this is a time where you, where it's important that we're sympathetic and they'll go, well, I, I just like, look, I'm sorry, I, I, but I've got four kids to feed and, uh, well, I'm really sorry. You should have thought of that before uh, you, you uh, besmirched the company. And like, we'll just cut people off, like really like ruthless HR person. And I thought that that was a very, I, I'm sure I've talked about this is now taking us in a cra- crazy direction. I used to date a woman who uh, has an outsized sense of justice. It's like the most important, like probably her biggest value. And it's also like, that's a nice feature of a person, right? But like, it makes the world very confusing. So, so, uh, I remember watching the untouchables with her and it made her sick. Maybe we've talked about this. Do you remember the thing that happens at the end of the untouchables? No. Tell me. Do you remember what the untouchables untouchables is about? No. Tell me. Okay. Untouchables is a gangster movie about prohibition era, uh, Elliot Ness, uh, Al Capone, uh, and the building a case against Al Capone using, uh, Rico statutes, right? And, uh, but it's an action film in some respects. So it's got like Sean Connery shooting people, um, and Kevin Costner, uh, chasing a, a, a stroller going down a, a flight of stairs. It's a good action sequence. Uh, if you've never seen it, everybody see it. Here's a spoiler. Um, at the end when everything is resolved, uh, they ask Elliot Ness, a reporter says, did you hear they're talking about repealing whatever it is, like the 18th amendment or whatever fucking prohibition was. And, uh, <clears throat> It is 18. Wow, I'm good. Um, and uh, she, the reporter says, uh, what will you do if that happens? And he goes, I'll probably have a drink. And this infuriated this woman that I was dating because she said, well, like that's such disgusting cop behavior because he's enforcing a law that he doesn't believe in. Like he doesn't think there's anything wrong with drinking. He's just enforcing the law, right? And that's like an outsized sense of of justice where you, you the world is confusing to you. You don't realize that a cop is just it's it's not like a righteous person. That's just a person that is employed in a capacity that if there's enough checks and balances on it, it hopefully serves a righteous purpose, right? But that's not a righteous person. And, and uh, I always found that to be. Uh, an interesting difference between people. Some people can navigate the world so smoothly because they don't get hung up on, on these things and other people struggle with them. Uh, but I don't remember what this had to do with marriage. What, what the fuck were we talking about? I don't know. I kind of zoned out. I'm looking at this lady's Twitter who describes herself as a pro Israel thought. You know what? That's just as good as anything I was saying. <laughs> she, she has a habit of uh, inserting her face on top of uh, uh, characters in movie scenes. Okay. With like the uh, face app. You know, there, there's an there's a high volume of unwell people operating as though they're well. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. She's very right wing. So many people are just go, like floating through our social lives in whatever capacity. Uh, it, it's sort of we're all pretending that they're not struggling. Dude, imagine the dark soul that has like 
has a family, has has like young children, and still seeks validation on Twitter. <sighs> yeah, yeah, man, that's where we're at now. It's kind of yeah. making. I, I, so, am I too internety? Don't, uh, expand on that. Like, for a grown man, am I on the internet too much? No. Well, maybe, but you're you're less so on the internet than uh, than than many people, which may still be too much. Mm. But is less than than most. Does that make sense? I see, but I don't know if that's true. Is it less than most? Well, it's you see one of the one one of the one of the conceits of this podcast is that we're applying what we see on Twitter to like the broader population, which is not 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 an accurate metric. But um, you know, yeah, I think you're all right. Thank you. <laughs> what, what's going on with your th- therapy? Um. Oh man, I've this this week, dude. It I have not seen the sun. It, it has been raining in New York for like a week straight, and I'm just fucking depressed. Yeah, I saw you going through it online, and I wanted uh, I wanted to uh, swat your house. I know, I know you did. That's why I deleted all that shit. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. No, I hate that shit. I hate I hate when people post that shit on the internet. It's awful. Mm. It's, uh, no, I don't know. You know, we talked about, I think we talked about a little bit last week. Nervous about moving. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty much the meat of things. You're nervous about moving. You do know New York sucks. Yeah, but I've, I've never lived anywhere else. I'm a hick. Oh yeah. You are kind of a queen's hick. I'm a hick. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. It is uh, just, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing it. Obviously it's too fucking late. So it's just one of those things, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm fine. God, you're a strange man. <laughs> you're a strange man. What do you want from me? Uh, I mean, it's, it used to be young men used to be excited to go off to the new world. They got on a boat and never saw their family again. <laughs> what are you? I'm a hick. We 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 address this. You're a hick, but you're also kind of like a like a low T. Oh yeah, well that's no doubt. I don't know why either. I haven't. I I don't think maybe it, maybe there's soy in something I'm eating. There's gotta be. I got to get back in my uh, my fitness. Yeah, what's up? I don't know. I've, it's it, once it gets cold out, I find like I I don't want to I, I don't want to sweat. Well, are you going to go? What you start? You so you have like a solid work day. You're not like me where you can set your work day because I'm going to go to Runyon Canyon every morning like a celebrity. Yeah, no, I'm de- definitely doing that. But I, I I have to go at like six in the morning probably. Uh, well, count count me out. You're not <laughs> waking up before eight o'clock for any reason. No, I'm. Um, I'm yeah, no. Once we're out there, because I was looking at the weather out there today, and it's just sunshine all the time, and like the the upper seventies, it looks absolutely perfect. What's the youngest you would allow your daughter to get breast implants? Hmm. The youngest. I guess. I guess seventeen. Eighteen. Seventeen. Wow. 18. So I would say it would be when I don't have any say. 
18? Like when, yeah, when you're 18, for sure. It, like, that's none of my business. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but I think about, like, Courtney Stodden is a person, like, a personality that I've followed on social media for the last year. And I'm not saying that she's struggling because uh, she got she got breasts at fucking, like, 16. But I don't know if it helped. Mm. I mean, these things rarely help. I mean, this is one of the one of the, becoming an adult is realizing that like nothing really helps. No, that's true. You know? <laughs> that, that is true. It's it's only like uh, uh, you can only mitigate uh, harm. You can't really uh, erase it. There's going to be some nonsense that en- that enters a young person's life. Yeah. No, you need mental fortitude. Yeah. That one's tough, though. I think she was like a 50-year-old guy when she was like 16. I think that that used to be the case with like kings and shit, but I don't know if it's uh, necessarily uh, – I don't know if it worked out for it is basically what I'm saying. I think there might have been some struggle to this. Mm. I, just because I follow her and she spent like a year seemingly going through it. Like, you know when people get – okay, so this is not a thing that you and I have had to ever confront, but – when people go through their, typically this is women, when they go through their whole, like, I used to think that I had to be beautiful and now I know I don't, I'm empowered and all this, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like that is such like a weird intellectual nexus, you know, like it's like such like a, a weird place to arrive where, because I can't comprehend it. Like, when people send me mean messages about my appearance, I think they're so funny. Yeah. It, it, it's really not a thing that gets me one way or the other. So, I, uh, but there's people that have had to like, they can only see themselves through the, the, the prism of their appearance. And they're like, and, and whatever happens after that is whatever happens after that, but it starts with their look. Right. And I'm, that's just like an interesting difference. So like, I can't, I mean, I also didn't date a 50 year old man when I was 16, but marry one. But, uh, so I, I'm, what I'm saying is I can't know what the fuck Courtney Stodden is uh, going through, but, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the breast implants at a young age were really helpful. Maybe not. I mean, I think in, in addition to mental fortitude to some, like, I think guidance is really valuable, you know, go to your guidance counselor. You just suggested to Courtney Stodden, who married, who got a breast implants at 16 and married her a 50 year old man that year that she should have gone to her guidance counselor. Yeah. If she had, she, you know, had some proper guidance, maybe she wouldn't have married a 50 year old. You know what? I can't, there's no counter argument for that. So <laughs> do we want, um, do we want the first word on, um, little Wayne meeting and, uh, talking and endorsing Donald Trump? Oh yeah, if if are we on the front lines of this? I believe it came out maybe like a half hour ago. Uh, well, Little Wayne's going to get killed in black press for a day because he, I believe he said, uh, you know, to hell with Black Lives Matter. I'm worried about my money. Uh, basically, what you and I say. You and I are Wayne Knights, and <laughs> uh, Wayne Knights. <laughs> that that was a couple couple years ago, but maybe he feels differently now. Um, look. A lot of people, a lot of people admire Donald Trump that you don't think admire Donald Trump, or at least they relate to him. Um, and people can feel 
however they want about that. <laughs> you know what I mean, it just yeah. it's not it's not changing for you. No, that's that's the big argument. It's not changing for you, man. Like Lil Wayne doesn't live for you. Fifty Cent doesn't live for you. None of these people live for you. So it is what it is. Just keep move on with your life. If you remembered who Lil Wayne votes voted for in five years. I honestly suggest that you you dad's take, night stand. Yeah, I was gonna say you take a light bulb out of out of the fixture and just start chewing on it, because uh, <laughs> you need to go. Your life's not big enough. Nightstand, nightstand. Hit dad's nightstand. Take the Ruger out. Uh, what, what kind of gun does dad have? Mm, he has the snub nose PP seven. Okay, and <laughs> put the PP seven against your temple. Wow, I think this is the first. I thought I just lost you, Beastman Aid. I lost you for a second. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Uh, okay, That's the first time this happened this whole episode. Maybe we should cut it. Yeah, we should cut it. Um, All right. Because this shit fucks us up every time. I, so, so I was excited. The next time we, we do this podcast is going to be maybe we'll know who the next president is. Yeah, but you're going to be stuck in New York. I will be stuck in New York, but we're going to do our, our OnlyFans-a-thon thing. You have to make a Twitch account. Okay. Because I have the Twitch account. It's set up with the donation thing so people can can give as we as we delve into the OnlyFans world. I believe um, Mike Brucey and Diego are going to join us. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, so we're trying to work that out. Uh, we should... Maybe sometime this weekend or early or before the election day next week, we should we, we should fuck around with our Twitch thing and we should uh, we should figure out we should we should maybe learn how this works before we do our election special. You think that we should play uh, Among Us with AOC? <laughs> yeah, uh, we should we should play uh, Among Us with AOC and PewDiePie and and use the um, the butt plug attachment. Eric, what if I do a a racially motivated terror attack? And I, I, in my manifesto, I say, uh, subscribe to AOC. <laughs> well, then she will be culpable. That's exactly right. She's to blame them. And she will be stoned to death in the village square. All right. Everybody, uh, call us. Yeah. Hit, hit the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash worst possible timeline. Uh, hit the Twitter at WP timeline. Hit the Twitch channel, WP timeline. We're going to be experimenting that week. Pay attention to the Twitter. We'll give you updates on how to fuck with that. We are bear with us because we're old, and yeah. we're sure. just, we're not only are we old, we're also trying to figure out uh, four year old technology. Um, we're like so behind the curve; it's it's incredibly embarrassing. But yeah, uh, bear with us. We're, you're going to come along for the ride and watch watch us flounder and fail, um, and it should be fun. Please, everybody. Uh, we we want to stop working for a living. Yes, that would be so cool. <laughs> All right, everybody, be good. We'll catch you next time. It is now twenty twenty four, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts? Or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast 
for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.